Support for Milledgeville Matters comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we're going to focus on voting. At this time, we've already passed the deadline to register to vote in the November 8th general election, but that's only half the battle for today's guest. There are many other procedures in play and deadlines to meet, ensuring that all Baldwin County residents have access to the ballot box this presidential election year. So let me introduce my guest. Joining me today in the studio is Liz Rogers, the Chief Registrar for Baldwin County. Liz Rogers, welcome to Milledgeville Matters. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you having me here. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here today. And also, I think it's a, it's a higher calling for all of us who are in the media to make the kind of information like we're going to have available today and get that in front of the voters. Because um, although we'd like to think that it's a simple process of going to vote, there's so many things going on. There's so many deadlines to meet that we just want to make sure that everyone has their ability to you know, play a part in this election. I think it's, it's very important. So I want to thank you for going and doing the extra step of coming on here today and talking with our audience. Well, I'm very honored to be here. I'm honored to offer you some valuable election dates. And we've passed the first one already you've mentioned, and that is that the voter registration cutoff was October the 11th. And uh, that was to change your status or re-register into another county within Georgia. And at the at the danger of muddying the waters, though, I do want to just clarify, though, you can register to vote at any time, but there are cutoff dates for which election you can register to vote in. Yes, you are correct. And the reason for that is we, the elections offices, must have a voters list available for that upcoming election it has to give us time to put that information into the Secretary of State's election system. And so there must be a cutoff date to allow us to have the information available for that particular election. Now, you are correct. You can register to vote at any time, but for a particular election, we do have cutoff dates. I think that presaged my first question a little bit, but, but let's go back to that one. And, um for those people who may not be familiar with your role in this process, I was wondering if you could just kind of introduce yourself in the role of a chief registrar and talk about some of your responsibilities and maybe the ways that you interact with the general public. Well, I'm an appointed official for Baldwin County. I'm appointed by a judge, and I'm chief registrar, and I work for Baldwin County in the capacity of the voter registration director. So I am the director of the department head of voter registration at the courthouse. Not only do we register uh, citizens of County to vote, we handle the absentee ballots by mail. We issue the applications and validate applications for ballots by mail. We also validate the ballots that come back through the mail. We issue electronic ballots transmitted to overseas citizens and to our military serving overseas. And we do early voting. We conduct the early voting for Baldwin County, which is a statewide early voting system, which occurs three weeks prior to every election. And the voter registrar's office is tasked with the authority and responsibility 
to perform the early voting tasks for the county. And of course, you know, if people are familiar, they see you downstairs on election night as well. But but at that point, I mean, are y'all still on the clock right then? Or are y'all just kind of providing support? Or, or what happens after early voting stops? The job is not over. Just because voting has ceased, the reason we were in the basement of the courthouse for the tabulation is because they're opening paper ballots and they're putting them through OptiScan machines to count those ballots. There's a procedure that's in force in case a person makes an error on a ballot, they can mark on the ballot that they've made an error. And a team is formed that deliberates on what the intent of the voter was on that ballot because it will not scan. And their job is to duplicate what the intent of the voter was onto another ballot, which we provide to them. And our numbers, and it's, I like to refer to this as like a checking account. It has to balance. The numbers that I give to the election superintendent on the machines has to be the number of votes that are on the machine. The number of paper ballots that I hand over to the election superintendent must be the number that appears on the optical scan machine after it reads those ballots. So I'm there until he gives me the thumbs up that both those numbers have balanced, and then we can leave. So there's a lot more going on than just the idea that you go and interface with an electronic machine that takes your your, um, ballot, and then um, you're done, and it's automatically tabulated out there. There's a lot going on just right up until... Even weeks after, actually, the the announcements are made of who won the election. I mean, y'all are even just not that night is it done with that election, but you know, the certifications have to happen, and your office is involved with that ending one and then looking forward to the next election, I'm sure. And that's correct also because our office is also tasked with the responsibility of verifying provisional ballots. So you all know as electors, if you go to vote and your name is not on the list— or uh, there's some other difficulty at the polling place, they can give you a provisional ballot. Our office is tasked with the authority to verify the eligibility of those voters on provisional ballots. That is not performed until the Friday after the election. Also, the uniformed and overseas voters, they have until Friday for those ballots to come into our office also. And that's a federal requirement. And so our election is not certified until after those ballots are all accounted for. And then we also have to archive all the paperwork. There's a lot more, as I've found as as a reporter for the newspaper and even in this in this position here at the radio station, there's just a lot more that's going on than I think our average voter experiences. It seems fairly cut and dry. Um, and you hear these little things about, well, you know, preliminary results say, but it has not been certified. Uh, so it is just a lot more. So, of course, you're a great person to uh, have on here and, and talk about these many aspects of voting that may not be as as exciting as uh, the debates we just heard last week and the debates we're looking forward to or, you know, um, going out there and shaking hands on the campaign trail. There is a lot going on in the background that electors are not aware of. It's usually just the checks and balances that we have to do to make sure that the electors lists are correct 
and that the amount of ballots going out and the amount of votes that are coming in all balance. Mm-hmm. Well, we're out of time for this segment, so we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Looking forward to the November 8th general election. We're talking about voting today. And joining me in the studio is the chief registrar for Baldwin County, Liz Rogers. So please stay tuned and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. We're talking about voting today, and joining me in the studio is someone who is as close as I think we can get to an expert on this subject, um, as you would want to hear from. And that's Liz Rogers. She's the chief registrar for Baldwin County. And so in that last segment, we were talking about you know some of the aspects of her job. Um, but now I want to get into the portion of the uh, News You Can Use segment of our interview and just talk about uh, some of the things that um, additional deadlines that are coming up, um, but also um, some of the questions that I think some of our voters may have. And to start off with, um, of course, we talked about in the beginning of our interview that the uh, deadline to register to vote for this November 8th general election has come and gone. But are there any additional deadlines that uh, perhaps voters need to know about or may be um, deadlines that are just informational for them to have a better idea about the elections process? Well, some other dates that I would like uh, for voters to be aware of is that early voting for the entire state of Georgia begins on October the 17th. And we'll end on November the 4th, and that's a Monday through Friday. At our courthouse, the hours are 8.30 in the morning until 5 in the evening. The last day that a paper ballot can be mailed from any registrar's office will be that Friday, November the 4th, and that's a very important date. And, and that's mailed from your office to the voter who's requesting a paper ballot. Correct. And that would be for any voter registrar office in the state of Georgia. That's the cutoff date. We'll also be voting on Saturday, October the 29th, which is, this is a federal election, so we do have to vote on a Saturday. 
And the courthouse will be voting from 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. So those voters who cannot make it for early voting, we will uh, have an advantage of that Saturday voting also. And to be aware that we do not vote at the courthouse on the Monday prior to the election, that seems to be a, a little hazy area for voters. They believe they're still voting on Monday. If they early voted, they remember voting at the courthouse. And so they come back on Monday to vote again, but it's not their precinct. On Tuesday, which is the election day, that is the day you must appear at your assigned polling place to vote. Not at the courthouse, unless that's your assigned precinct. So you must go to your assigned precinct. And then, of course, we're hoping that there's not a runoff because that will really delay our Thanksgiving celebrations and our Christmas celebrations. But uh, we will go into those dates if there is a runoff called and the election is thrown into a runoff, which we hope won't be. And there's a very small percentage chance that that could possibly happen. But on other ballots, that might be you know the case where there could be a runoff. But I can only think of one three-person race out there, and it's it's at the top of the ticket, and um, you might be unaware that it's a three-person race because you haven't seen those that third-party candidate in that uh, in those debates that are so popular on television. And that's correct. And also, I'd like to mention is other counties may be having runoffs, but Baldwin County may not necessarily be having a runoff. So, stay tuned to your television stations and your media and your radio stations because surrounding counties may be having runoffs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we will be having a runoff. Well, if there are no other important dates to be thinking about right now, I thought I'd move into just a a few questions that had come up just to try to cover all the possibilities that might be out there and just asking about different situations where voters might not know where they're registered or they may forget the forms of identification. And actually, I think that's really where I should start. When voters are coming out to the polls, what do they need to bring with them to make sure that they'll be able to cast a ballot? Well, the most important identification to remember is a photo. Identification, it always has to have a photo on it, and it has to be issued by a government entity. So any driver's license, ID card, or government employee card, that, and again, every one of them must have a photograph of the voter on the card. The only card that can be expired with a photograph on it that we accept is a Georgia driver's license. All the rest have to be valid or current. And do you mind if I just probe a little deeper just to put some more possibilities in there so you can answer yes or no on them? Sure. And now, of course, we're doing the interview on a college campus. Could someone bring in a college ID? Yes, college IDs are acceptable. Bobcat cards are acceptable. Uh, college IDs because they're issued by a government entity, which is this college. Right. I'm going to go a little bit further afield, uh, if, if that's all right. Sure. A Sam's Club ID card. It's got a photo on it. It does. Unfortunately, it's not issued by a government department, so we would not accept it. And believe me, we are given credit cards with photographs on it and asked to accept, but we can't. And so everything has to have 
a photo ID on it. But um, my next question is, what if by chance I just have forgotten a government-issued ID and I find myself at the polls digging through my pockets and I just happen to have left it on the bedside table at home? Would I be able to vote in that instance? The poll worker will be trained to give you two options. Option number one, you're allowed to go home and get that driver's license and come back and vote. Or number two, we can issue you a paper ballot, which will be a provisional ballot because you have forgotten your ID. And then you have until the Friday after the election to bring that identification to the registrar's office so that we can validate and count your ballot. Yes, everyone gets to vote. And that's a very important thing that we were talking about before the interview, that um, you had a, a good little um, saying that's uh, commonly talked about in y'all's uh, poll worker training. What What is that? When in doubt, give it out. And then, of course, that's talking about the provisional ballot. So if you do find yourself at um, the polling precinct, you've forgotten your government-issued ID at home, they will issue a provisional ballot. Now, I wanted to take one more twist on that. Um, now, if and correct me if I'm wrong. If you show up at the polling place before the closing of the polls, which is at 7 o'clock? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. As long as you're in line, they will allow you to vote that day, as long as you're in line by 7 p.m. You are correct. What will happen is at 7 p.m., a poll worker will go stand behind the last person in line. Sometimes they'll put like an orange cone after the last person in line so they know when to stop the voting. But you are correct. If you are in line before 7 o'clock, you will vote. And here comes the hook of my question, though. You talked about the ways that our poll workers are trained to handle the situation in which an elector has forgotten their ID. One of the options was to allow them to go back home and get that ID. Those of us who like to vote on Elections Day, like myself, are generally coming after work. And if you have the kids, if you have other errands, you know, that you have to take care of. You may not get there until close to the p- closing time. I, I guess my question is, that first option, would that be available to them to go back home and get it if they were so late getting to the polls? The poll workers are trained on timing also. They know that you're not going to have enough time to go home, so they will automatically issue you the paper ballot. There's a training situation where timing is important, and we understand that. And so we don't want to disenfranchise anyone from not voting. You will be issued a paper ballot almost immediately. Well, again, we find ourselves out of time for this segment, so we're going to take another short break. But if you're just joining us, my guest in the studio today is Liz Rogers. She's the chief registrar for Baldwin County, and she's here today answering questions about voting, talking about voting, and just making sure that you're prepared to go out and express your choice on November 8th. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're looking forward to the November 8th election, but we're not talking about the candidates here. We're actually talking about you and me and everyone else who will find themselves in line waiting to vote either at early voting or on election day. If you're like me and you like to see all your neighbors and wait till the day of and get involved in all the excitement, um, that's the that's the you know most exciting day of the year uh, in some circles. But we're talking about voting, and we're talking with our chief registrar for Baldwin County, Liz Rogers. She's been kind enough to come in and just answer a litany of questions I have uh, trying to prepare all of our audience members uh, to go out and vote and take part in the democratic process. Um, I wanted to bring in just another kind of slew of questions that, have to, that may be applicable here in Baldwin County more so than some other areas. Now, of course, um, we have a lot of transient now, that might not be the most polite term to use, um, but uh, folks who um, may find themselves thinking about voter registration or casting a ballot in Baldwin County who don't necessarily live in Baldwin County all the time. Now, they may be unsure they're registered. They may not be sure that they're registered where they think they're registered. Uh, I'm curious if you could talk about ways people can find out uh, about their voter registration. What what avenues do they have to see where they can and should be voting? There is one avenue, which is the Georgia Secretary of State website. The elections website has something called My Voter Page, and it says MVP on it. And any voter can put their information in there, and it will give them their current status. It will tell them who their representatives are. It will also show them a sample ballot from the county they are registered at. Number two, they can physically come into our office, and we'll be more than happy to look anyone up on the system and give them the information as to where they're registered at. And um, I was checking um, out the My Voters page before this interview today uh, just to see what all it offered and everything. Uh, so I want to just you know give you the URL right now, and it's uh, www.mvp.sos.ga.gov. It's one of those interesting ones that you actually do have to put in the www on that. I, f I found that out pretty quickly. But you go in there, you just have to have uh, some very basic information, which I believe is just uh, your name, your date of birth, and what county. No, I don't even think you have to have the county. Yeah, you mm -hmm. will. it will scroll to the county for you. So mm -hmm. you have to know what county you think you're registered in. Or else you'll go through most counties in Georgia to find out where you're registered at. And there are 159 of them. 159. I will say that also, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, the features of that site that I think is the best um, part of it is that it gives you those sample ballots out, which, you know, on this year is important. Now, I know we've talked about beforehand, you're not allowed to talk about any of this stuff, but it does have a list of all the constitutional referendums that are there. There are four of them this year. And I do, having read them myself, do recommend making sure that you uh, educate yourself on those ballot referenda before you find yourself scratching your head and making the line a little bit longer there on election day. But uh, yes, the My Voters page is very good. And what is the contact information for your office? Would you accept phone calls uh, for those questions? Oh, we'd be happy to. Our phone number at the courthouse is 478-445-4526. We're located 
in the courthouse in room 102, which is at 121 North Wilkinson Street. And you know, I won't put a plug up for your office. Go in and talk to y'all. You're very friendly people. You have a lot of information that's very important for this very important part of our civic duty. And, you know, it's 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 a good you know, um, opportunity to learn a little bit more. You have all the maps up for all the different districts within Baldwin County, our congressional districts. Um, and it's just good, you know, to kind of, you know, peer into the process at work by going and talking with y'all at the office. The amount of, of citizens that come in and just see the maps and they're amazed I've had them stand there and take photographs of the maps because they're the number of maps that we have in the office is just uh, wonderful. They're great. Mm-hmm. And if you're a person who wants to step up and serve others, you know, you have a lot of information about, you know, uh, trying to run for office, too, uh, from a very you know basic nonpartisan aspect. Or if your your call to uh, civic duty is, you know, trying to register your neighbors and other folks, um, you'll have a lot of information about that. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because our office is also tasked with training deputy registrars at all the higher educational facilities so they can register uh, students and staff on campuses. We also train third-party private entities, which means anyone can register anyone to vote at any time. Mm And you know, a lot of good questions that you might have uh, you can be brought to the people who are experts on this. Now, I've gone and digressed a little bit off course, so I want to pull myself back in. Um, but um, one of the things that uh, we talked about a little bit in the break is um, voters who may go out to these, um, uh, like the Secretary of State's website or contact your office, or maybe if you don't, um, and you're registered at a residence that you no longer live in. Can you still vote? And what might be the um, steps you might have to take in that situation if you move from your residence either within the same community or, you know, um, perhaps, again, you're here from um, another community because you're going to college? There are several options. First of all, this is a federal election, so it allows you to vote from that residence that you're registered at. And if it's out of state, you have the option of, of course, going home or voting a paper ballot by mail. So you can request a ballot from your home. And that goes for the counties within Georgia also. If you're here, you're registered at another county, you can request an absentee ballot from that county to be mailed to your address here in Milledgeville with your residence address as another county. And as we talked about the Secretary of State's website, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can actually request those ballots through there? You can download an application for a ballot because an application must be enforced before a ballot can be mailed. And now there was one thing that we did talk about um, in the break and uh, is about provisional ballots being issued for people who are not registered in that county. You said that, I'll allow you to say it because I might get the details wrong, but just conversationally, you can't request a provisional ballot for a county you're not registered in. Is that correct? If we go to the system and you're registered in another county and you did not timely re-register in Baldwin County, we cannot issue a provisional ballot. You must have that ballot issued to you in the county you registered in. So you cannot come to the Baldwin County Courthouse and say, 
I know I'm registered in Fulton or DeKalb or Appling some other county and request a provisional ballot. I cannot issue you one by law. And so let's go back over uh, that deadline to get your absentee ballot mailed to you. Those have to be requested, I would assume, probably before November 4th, which is that cutoff date for them to be mailed to you. Is, is Would it be possible to even wait that late? We do have citizens that wait that late to submit their applications to us for ballots. But again, you have to take into effect that they go through the United States postal system. So we're asked many times, how long will it take to get that ballot to me? We don't know. We don't know what the postal system's going to do. We don't know how far the ballot's going to travel. So the best course is to request the ballot as soon as possible. And so we're about out of time, and um, I, I have uh, two more questions. I think the, the last question will probably be my time killer on, on this one. Um, but uh, just quickly, if someone wanted to volunteer in the elections process, how, how would they go about doing that? Who would they contact? They would contact our election superintendent for Baldwin County, which is Judge Todd Blackwell. He's in room 109 of the Baldwin County Courthouse. And every county will have an election superintendent who will take volunteer names for poll workers. And my last question is, what have I not asked you about? What are some other questions that you commonly hear um, that we haven't covered in this conversation? The most questions we have are the surprise that people have about the amendments or referendums that are on ballots they're not aware of. You've already covered that. There are some on this ballot. We cannot give out any information on candidates. We do not retain candidate information in our office. You do have to find that information yourself. Um, Having your identification, voting early, or going to your precinct on election day, And, of course, utilizing the uh, Saturday voting, that's the main questions that we get asked a lot. And am I registered to vote? Mm -hmm. Well, Liz, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come out and answer this barrage of questions I've been throwing at you. I do appreciate it very much. And I just hope that, you know, we've reached into the homes of a lot of people and let them know all the things that they need to do uh, to go out there and exercise their civic duty this presidential election year. Well, thank you very much for having me. And also, I would like all the voters to acknowledge me when they come into early voting. I'll be in that room, and I sure would like to say hi to everyone. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we've been talking about voting. Joining me in the studio is our chief registrar for Baldwin County, Liz Rogers. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. I want to thank you for spending a portion of your evening today with us here on Milledgeville Matters. And I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.